welcome to Bada Boom. On today's episode, we have on Robert Vendetti. Robert has written several books and is currently writing Escape from Wyoming, A Bad Idea. Today, we talk with him about another of his latest books, Wesley Dodd's Sandman. Listen in to hear more. Hey, how you doing, Robert? Doing well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank welcome. You, thank you. Today's an awesome day. You know, you got a great book that came out today. We have Wesley Dodd's Sandman, which is really cool um, because we had a summer event with Sandman kind of at the focus of it. So to get a book at that kind of cap in is, is really cool. So when did DC approach you or did you have a pitch for them when it came to Wesley Dodd's? Gosh, you know, the, the JSA characters are something I've always really been interested in. Uh, I would love to write my way through all of them if I could, you know. <laughs> Uh, that's really one of my dream gigs to a JSA book. I had done kind of a pitch for a JSA series years ago for DC, and I kind of had ideas for what the first several arcs would be, you know, and I wanted to make each arc focused on one member of the team, you know. And so my idea for Sandman was the idea that that's in this series here, uh, which is that, you know, as I was thinking, as I think about Sandman as a character, I know it's from the Golden Age. But like, why sleep gas? You know, like, why mm-hmm. choose that specifically as your way to fight crime and and things? And so I kind of worked back from that and and had this thought that, you know, maybe he's a pacifist, and the mm-hmm. reason why he wanted to use sleep gas is because he doesn't want violence, doesn't want to hurt people. He wants to come with a with a nonviolent way for conflict resolution. And so he created his sleep gas to achieve that. But along the way, like any chemist or any scientist, he would have had a lot of failed attempts, right? And those failed attempts were chemical weapons that were extremely lethal. So in our story, the scientific journal he has with all those experiments that he never showed anybody has been stolen. And it's said in 1940. So, you know, the war is in Europe and it's coming towards America and those things. So it's kind of all set against that backdrop where he's got to get his journal back now uh, before his, his cookbook uh, gets unleashed on the world, you know? So DC came to me and said they were going to do this new golden age. Uh, thing where they were going to do some JSA books. Um, they asked me if I had any ideas. So I, t- I told them about this idea for Sandman and they liked it. And um, that was before, I don't even know if Night Terrors was a thing yet. You know, they certainly hadn't mentioned it to me. Um, I didn't know Night Terrors was going to have Sandman in it until, I don't know, maybe a month or two before the issue came out, I think. By that time, I think I'd already written pretty much the whole series, you know. Riley Rosmo is about halfway through the art of number five. Uh, the first four issues are already colored and lettered and everything. So uh, we've, we've pretty much got it all in the can, you know? That's awesome. And you know, what's really cool about the story and what I've read is that it, you know, you have that big story of, you know, the, the book possibly being unleashed on the world, but it seems like Wesley is very alone in this time. You know, he's a pacifist, but you know, it doesn't seem like everyone sort of sees things the way he does you know he tries to kind of pitch it to the military and he seems very alone you know and i think especially at the end of the issue you feel like this is a story that although it's kind of very big you have this weapon kind of being unleashed but you also have this like deeply personal story going on as well so what was it like kind of crafting that for uh wesley yeah that was really the focus for him as a character you know different maybe than you would write some other characters but Wesley is a very grounded hero, you know, like he's very street level, more so even than Batman or Daredevil, I would say, you know, it's really just him in a sleep gas, you know? <laughs> so uh, 
uh, there are some gadgets and things, you know, he's got a grappler gun kind of deal and things, but, you know, he's a very grounded character and we wanted the story to be very grounded as well and also kind of lean into a lot of noir and, and pulp influences and things like that, you know. Those aren't stories that I've really had a chance to write uh, very much at all. So it was one of the appeals of doing Sandman and, and why if they asked me any JSA character I would want to write, that was the one at the top of my list because it's a style of story I hadn't really had a chance to do. So I'm glad it came off that way uh, in the final issue. You know, we wanted it to be, even though the world is big and, you know, this is the golden age and you're on the cusp of all these heroes and, you know, he meets Rex Tyler, who who readers know as our man in this issue and things like that. Sometimes his villains can be a bit fantastical and things, but we really wanted it to feel grounded and personal to him uh, and have that core cast in there, like Humphreys and Diane Belmont and, and those kinds of things too. So, And in terms of like those fantastical elements, I think it's really cool you have Riley Rosmo on, on the book because especially reading it, some of the the ways he's able to play with the gas and stuff like that in his art style kind of gives it this, it, it really pops off. And, you know, with your writing, it grounds it. And I think it sort of strikes that like perfect balance. So did uh, DC approach you with Riley or was it something that you guys came together on this? Riley came along a little bit later. Um, I think, I don't know, I'm not the editor, but I think it kind of like I had, you know, they asked me, they told me they're doing New Golden Age. Yeah asked me if I had any ideas for JSA characters in general. I came to them with the Sandman idea, and I think that kind of had to run up the flagpole. You know, do we want to do a Sandman story and, and all that kind of stuff? Riley came on a little bit later, but not very much later. I think I'd written the first issue, possibly, uh, before I knew he was going to be the artist. And as soon as those first pages came in, it totally changed the way that I would write the series after that. And I really started to think about, you know, what kind of things we could do in this series. It hasn't really been done with Sandman before in terms of point of view and things like that. He's a fantastic artist. I just love his stuff so much. And, you know, he did this amazing series that I'm a huge fan of uh, with Steve Orlando, a Martian Manhunter Maxi series. It was 12 issues. Oh my God. So good. So yeah. <laughs> he's a great writer, you know, and, and the two of them working together really just knocked that one out of the park. And so I wanted to try to bring something like that of that quality, you know, which is which I'm not saying I did, but is a hard it's a very hard act to follow. But I wanted to bring something along those lines where really Riley had the opportunity to explore and 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 do things with his art that were visually interesting and outside the box. And the great benefit sometimes of being able to work on a story that's outside, you know, main present day DC continuity is that you're able to take some risks and, and do some things differently in a way that maybe I wouldn't have been able to do with the monthly Green Lantern book or something like that. You know, we're, we're saying this in 1940. It opens us up to be able to do a lot of different things. And um, Riley just keeps getting better throughout the whole series, you know. And I love the stuff he does. And, you know, the, page three of the first issue, I think it is, you see him gassed as criminal, and, and there's this large image of Sandman as, like, the backdrop, and inside this figure's body is all the paneling, you know. And Riley really leans into the hallucinatory you know, fear-inducing aspects of the gas and things. And so uh, it's great to see him work and, you know, would love to to do more stories with him for sure. And uh, for this first arc, is it uh, is this more kind of planned out as maybe like a six issue or are they looking at it as more like an ongoing? Yeah, this first story is six issues. It's, it's self-tained, complete story. There are ideas for more, you know, much like Superman 78. It just depends on how things do, you know. Superman 78 did really well. And so now we're doing a second one. and. 
things like that. So uh, I would love to do more. And, and if not with Sandman, you know, do something with some of the other, you know, maybe lesser known JSA characters. Yeah. Uh, but we'll just have to see how those things go. So far, the response to the book has been really positive. So, yeah, you know, have everybody go out there and buy it and uh, it sells well and then we'll do more of them, you know. I have no doubt it's going to do well because uh, we we got on Comicsology and I was like, okay, there's 30 pages and like the story, but like the art is really brings you into it. And I got to the very last page. I was like, this is the last page. There's got to be, we, we need another issue right now because I kept <sighs> thinking there's got to be more to it. So I'm already yeah. looking forward to the second issue. But you mentioned that there are some other JSL characters you might want to do a story on. Uh, I think the JSLA like, hasn't really been touched on as often as I would like it to be because there are some really great characters there. So I'd be interested to hear what other characters you would want to write a story for. Yeah, I mean, the, the obvious ones are uh, Alan Scott and Jay Garrick, right? But I mean, they're already kind of being done a lot. So mm. if they were to ask me who I'd want to do next, it would be like an Hour Man or a Ted Grant Wildcat, uh, you know, Johnny Thunder. You know, some of those characters mm. are a little bit more obscure and kind of frees you up to do some things with them that are that are maybe new and kind of innovative, and especially with the art and the way that Riley's doing on Sandman. So any of those characters, yeah, would be at the top of my list. I got to write the JSA. I mean, I basically, you know, came up with a with an excuse to be able to write them in Hawkman. Mm -hmm. like, how am I yeah. gonna be able to write the Golden Age JSA? And I I think it was like issue 28, you know, before the series was over. I got to do it. And uh I put the lineup in there that, you know, a lot of those characters I would love to write. Uh, I don't think Our Man was there. But yeah, I, I would love to to do any of those characters. Uh, and I have ideas for all of them if DC wants to. So, And, you know, it's interesting you talk about kind of like that golden age. What I loved about your Hawkman is you're able to kind of bring Hawkman into the modern age and really kind of spin something new and sort of really expand on certain ideas that have been around in the character. Because it, it feels like, to me, you know, what, what you and, and Brian Hitch were able to do is very definitive. And now, like, anytime I think of Hawkman, I think of that run. So if you had the opportunity, would you, do you see a way someone, a character like Sandman would really work in the modern age? You know, obviously their look is very golden age of that era. And I think at times the reason he hasn't come back is DC maybe has not figured out a way to kind of bring him in, um, into the modern age. Um, yeah. But is there something that you'd want to do or you see that is possible? There's always possibilities. I think maybe for Wesley Dodd specifically, it would be a little bit tough. And I say this knowing that like Batman's been around since the 1940s, he's <laughs> still the same age. You yeah. know? But I also don't think people think of the JSA characters that way because we have <laughs> seen an older Alan Scott, we've seen an older yeah. Garrick, you know, we've seen them have kids and you know things like that, yeah. descendants and all these kinds of things, you know. So I I just don't know how you would get Wesley Dodds into the modern day because he's just a guy, you know, he's just a yeah. chemist. That's all he is, you know. So um, of course, there's always ways to do it comic book wise. It's much easier to do with Hawkman. You know, the whole concept of Hawkman is that he reincarnates, and you know, we took that, you know, and to an extension that kind of unified the mythology of the character. And the reason why we Brian and I both wanted to do that job was to try to do a defining run because there are so few characters uh, left out there that haven't had that defining run you know and so for you to say that you know mm. it's kind of a defining run for you that's that's exactly what we were trying to do so yeah i mean i i would be up for writing anything with wesley um but i think if they were to come back and say do you want to do another one i think i would 
I mean, I already know what the idea is. And that would yeah. keep in that golden age era, you know. And also, it's just a timeline that's just not really being used too much. You yeah. know, there's, I don't know, 50 books right now mm. that you see happening in the present yeah. day, you know. And unless there's one I'm not thinking of, there's only one happening in the golden age, and it's ours. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, I think it's nice to be able to explore different times and stuff. No, and it does bring something different. And I think, too, like, you know, even with, with movies and TV, it, it is always good to kind of go to to eras that are different. Because I think at times when you're looking at modern stories, you're always comparing it to what's going on in the real world. Mm-hmm. And the point of these stories is to really take you out, take you to a place you maybe have never seen or feel like uneven. So it it was great to to read that because I think, you know, what you wrote and, and what Riley was able to do is very fantastical, but, you know, obviously has some very real and heavy stuff when it comes to what is being talked about, especially when, you know, in, in the scenes where Wesley's talking about his experiments, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's very heavy and, and dark in that way. So I think it what you guys were able to do in terms of that era really kind of brings the reader in. Yeah. And also, you know, you know, really want to, you know, mention a huge influence for both Riley and myself, the original 90s Sam and Mystery Theater series you know, Matt Wagner and Guy Grant and Guy Davis really kind of set a template for this kind of noir, you know, golden age era type stuff. Your process, like, I think between obviously like Hawkman, Green Lantern, and now this, like, what's your process like in kind of getting into these characters? Because I do feel there's a, a level of like, fearlessness, because I do think you you try to take these established characters into new di- directions. So what's that like, especially like when you're pitching DC where you're like, hey, like I want to take this character that you've had for a long time and kind of take them where they've never been before? Yeah. Uh, well, like I was saying earlier, I didn't grow up reading comic books. So a lot of these established things I'm not really aware of. You know, everybody at DC knows this. You know, <laughs> every time they come to me, you know, do you want to write Hawkman? I'm like, I, I don't know anything about him. <laughs> I know what he looks like because I've seen him in a cartoon and I know he's supposed to be super confusing, but that's it. If you want me to, go, <laughs> I'll go, you know, read about him and give you a picture or whatever. And so that's how Hawkman happened. And when I, when I sat down and started researching Hawkman that first day, just read about him on Wikipedia, I read the entry for Carter Hall and then I read the entry for Katar Hole. And I was like, oh, I get it. He reincarnates across time and space. And the, the space cop is the same guy as the ancient Egyptian. Mm-hmm you know, whatever. Well, that's not what happens in the comics, but that was my first thought because I don't know what happens in the comics. Yeah. So for me, I think a lot of times to to take things in a different direction, it's just kind of my instinct. I'm not trying to take it in a direction that's different. Mm. I just don't know what the original direction is. And I'm just coming to it cold and, and, and thinking of a story that I think fits what I know about the character, you know? Sometimes that can work against me because I have to do a ton of research and do a lot of reading of things. But for better or for worse, I think it is something that makes my approach to the characters and stories different than a lot of other writers who maybe have been reading comic books since they were little and they know all the continuities and all the things. You know? I think that definitely plays in your advantage because when I remember reading some of the Green Lantern you wrote, I was like, why is this character doing this? I don't think this is like the thing that Hal Jordan would do. And then as the, you told the story more and more, I'm like, this is actually spot on of what Hal Jordan would do. I just didn't think like 
uh like it doesn't have those ties to like the older stories so you don't really think of like oh this is like what you would think of a predictable thing you're able to breathe a lot of like fresh life and fresh perspective into those characters because like you said you don't know all this all that past stuff and so it makes it a little bit more for me a lot more relatable when i was reading the green lantern that you wrote oh, i appreciate it yeah i mean that's always the goal it's kind of a delicate balance to walk because every every issue is somebody's first, you know, and so you do want to get in the core concepts and and you know who the cast is and all these kinds of things. You kind of want to get all that stuff on the page, but you also want to try to do something that's different. And you only have twenty pages to do it, which is not a ton of space, you know. So it is a challenge, but I, I'm glad that they. I, I'm glad that people, you know, some of the people who've already talked about Sandman say, you don't have to know anything about the character. You'll get everything you need to know in this first issue. You know, I think that's great because I was very much that new reader in my mid twenties going into a comic book shop, never had a comic book in my life and having no idea where to start. So I love that. Uh, but I also love that I can do some things that are different on top of that. And for fans that have been reading Sandman all along or Green Lantern or what have you, it's a different story, you know, but that is a delicate balance to try to accomplish both of those things. It's always the goal. I don't know that I always am able to do it, but it's always what I'm trying to do for sure. And for you getting into comics late, was there a particular comic that you first latched onto that kind of like yeah. made you fall in love with it or made you kind of be like, you know what, this is a medium I want to, you know, contribute to? Yeah, it was a uh, Kurt BCX Astro City. I read the second arc, which is called Confession. It's about a priest uh, who has a moment of weakness with a woman. That woman turns out to be a vampire. So he becomes a vampire, but he continues to wear his priestly garb and the cross, even though it hurts him and burns him because he wants to be reminded of that time he faltered. You know, I just thought that was really compelling and character driven. I think Astro City was only like 27 issues at the time, maybe. So I read all 27 of those. And then it was about trying to go to the comic book shop and find out what I want to do now. And at that time, there was an imprint from Wildstorm that had just started up called America's Best Comics. And they had a bunch of number ones and number twos. It was like Tom Strong and Promethea and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, things like that. I have no idea who Alan Moore is, but he wrote all those books. I picked them up purely because they were number ones and it felt inviting to me. And, you know, so my earliest comics were like all these Alan Moore comics, just com by complete coincidence. Yeah. You no idea who he was, you know? And so from there, you can imagine things just took off, you know? And, you know, we've talked about sort of the JSA as a whole kind of being your your dream book. Is there anything else that you you really have your eye on in terms of what you want to write? If I could be a DC character, your own character, a Marvel one, anything? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of things. And, you know, I'm, I've, I've got a bunch of other projects I'm working on right now. Uh, Superman 78 is definitely a dream project. You know, we're doing a second volume of that. I didn't read comics growing up, but that's my Superman. I did see those films and that's what I grew up with. And that's what made me love superheroes, you know? Nightwing is a DC character I've always wanted to write uh, because I kind of, Superman is my favorite DC character. The JSA, I feel, are also like a very hopeful, aspirational group of characters. And Nightwing is sort of that Superman of the Bat group, right? Like, I don't want to write Batman. He's too dark for me. But but Dick Grayson's a very hopeful character, so I'd like to write him. And then I'm doing a bunch of stuff for Bad Idea right now. I'm familiar with their books. Uh, I have, I think, three complete miniseries that I've finished with them. Uh, that people will be hearing more about soon. So a lot of different things I get, I'm working on, and I, I feel very blessed to be able to have been at it this long and still have so many different things uh, on my slate, you know? I this guy's your number one night. 
<laughs> What'd you say? This guy's your number, it, one number one Nightwing. Number one Nightwing. Oh really? Number one. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, so. I, I've heard Tom is doing an amazing job right now. I'm sure you're very happy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, I'm not I trying think, to unseat uh, Tom or anything like that. Yeah. But uh, listen, I we could get a black label book, book or something. You know, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to do Nightwing black label. You know, I know what I would do with Nightwing. Um, I already know what sort of the the, the long form arc would be. Uh, but like I say, Tom's everybody loves what Tom is doing right now. So. Uh, who knows if that gig will ever come around, you know? Yeah, yeah. Pirate, uh, Pirate Nightwing is coming soon, so I think we'll all be excited for that. <laughs> <laughs> so as fans of your, of your work, it, it's awesome to get to, to hear your process and and be, you know, you give us some insight. Congrats on the book. It, it's great. I can't wait to read the rest of the six issues. And hopefully one day, you know, when Tom Taylor's done with his Nightwing run, we'll get to see Robert Vendetti on, on hey, Nightwing. Take your time, Tom. Take your time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, I appreciate y'all having me on. I'm glad you enjoyed the book. I hope you like what we do with the rest of the series. And uh, I know y'all are busy too, so thank you for taking the time. And with that, bada boom. Bada boom. Bada boom. Thank you for listening to the Bob Boom Podcast. Keep the conversation going with Chris and I on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. You can find us on all these places at, at Bada Boom Podcast. Get into the comments on our YouTube channel. Let us know what you like about the show or what you'd like to hear from us in the future. Until next time, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Thanks for listening.